head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 252 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Shawnee Sheehan. Shawnee podcast, the pod god. Joined today. He's back. Graham, how are you? How, how are things? You were away there in Brazil for a while. Return to the Mac. Return to the Mac. <laughs> are you, uh, when did you get back? You're not in quarantine or anything, are you, after coming back from Brazil? No, I managed to survive the, the global uh, panic. Yeah, uh, pandemic. Yeah. yeah it's... Panic. It's, it's a, I think it's just a flu. <sighs> Don't be one of those, please. It's just a flu that is easily contracted, but unless you're already sick, it doesn't seem to be much more effect than a normal flu. Yeah, the problem is if even if you're not, you can give it to people who are. It's the spread of it, I think, more than yeah. the actual thing. Just say, stop going to airports. If you have the flu, get a blanket and a lamp tip and you'd be grand. Yeah, stay there and don't go and see old people. Don't go and see people with CF or anything like that. So Yeah, yeah. don't be turning up at old folks' homes and shit. Like, just obviously play, don't be insane, but there's no need to completely panic and buy all the bread and toilet paper. Yeah. I, it's hard not to panic <laughs> to, to be honest but what, what can we do this is not going to be like a full fucking coronavirus podcast so I did that with Philip the other day so if you want to listen to that go and listen to that we, we'll obviously we can't it's unavoidable we're, we're not going to be able to avoid it for the next while but we're we're going to try to be, bring a bit of fights fights happened fights it was might good be to be able to hear week. it was good to be able to hear what people were saying a bit more as well it was a bit kind of like um the tough gym but with yeah. high le- higher level guys mm-hmm. and you and you're kind of wondering oh what why is my kind going mad here and then you kind of just realize that he's gone mad for no reason yeah exactly because he yeah. kind of explained it himself <laughs> yeah uh we we'll get into those fights in a second and we'll get into next week's fights as well if they happen in a second but we, we can't start it off in any way other than what ariel tweeted there this morning or last night so let's just, let's just read that quickly and re- we'll react to it. So Ariel said, to recap, UFC London not happening in London anymore. Uh, they're working on finding a new city slash venue for the card in seven days. UFC Columbus and Portland not happening at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas anymore, working on new locations. Uh, UFC 249 likely not happening in Brooklyn, Vegas, working on new locations. And Dana White continues to maintain none of these events will be cancelled. But considering he said they were working on new fights for now ex-London card, appear some fights will be scrapped will be scrapped um uh, it's like what are the ufc doing here like it's it's absolute i think it's absolute madness but non-cards like you it's i i just can't see any logic the, the only logic to it is they want to keep their tv deals they want to keep the money they want to keep making money out of it like it's not safe to be having okay they say less than 100 people in, in a venue it's it, that's not safe that's going to end very soon i think as well i don't think it's safe to have these people traveling around even if you have cards in the u.s with only people in the u.s it's not going to be everyone from las vegas or it's not going to be everyone from brooklyn brooklyn in brooklyn or whatever and now like they, they can't have the las vegas card it like it looks like what they know is looking for here is like 
you know, some fucking <laughs> Indian Reserve. That's yeah, good. but even that, Brett Bellator's card last week was on the <laughs> yeah. Mohegan Sun, and they wouldn't allow him to. Like, I wonder, I wonder, is he looking at Russia? I wonder, is he looking at like fucking Mississippi or somewhere? I I don't know where he's looking for. What, like, do you, what do you think? There, what what's your take on this? Do you think it's pure fucking madness, like I do? I think Dana White probably hasn't thought it through and he's probably just was asked, he's cancelling these events and he's like, fuck no, you fucking goof. Mm-hmm. And he basically, now he's standing behind that point, but surely like, you know, all the Premier League matches, all the UEFA matches in football and other sports, there's quarant- big quarantines in a lot of countries. Like, it, it, I don't know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be very difficult even if he really wanted to put on all these fights and do these fighters want to fly all, all over the place? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, even though they've trained and they probably need the money, some probably need the money. Some probably need to fight, but some probably don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, like, uh, like surely there's something like you know where ESPN can't be like, "Oh, you were egged on our TV deal just because like they literally like couldn't put on an event." Mm-hmm. It seems like this is an opportunity. Like it's, not, it's, it's not like it's a choice. Yeah, it's not like it's a choice. Yeah. So we're not putting on these events. We're screwing ESPN. Mm-hmm. I don't th- don't think like oh, an outbreak of a of like a panic and global panic stuff is going to be like is going to be like overlooked if this would if for example like yeah. ESPN were to be pissed and go to court or anything like that so I don't I don't know why Dana White is so hell bent on uh, on saying that but rather than just being pig headed and sticking to his we're not cancelling fights line yeah, I, like I think they're probably, the I think they're probably doing it because they see an opportunity here. There's no other sports on. There's nothing else to do. All of my friends last night were watching the UFC when it was on. I saw everyone online watching UFC from places, you know, people who normally wouldn't watch the UFC. Did that UFC last night is probably going to get the the biggest numbers on TV since maybe Kim the that Kimbo Ryan Nelson fighting tough years ago, which was the biggest ever, I believe. That's probably the numbers probably going to be absolutely huge. And that's probably what they're thinking sure, of. Well, actually, what's the what's the story out in Abu Dhabi? Is, is the are they on lockdown or I, I haven't I don't heard know. anything? But they're like a, a part ownership of the part owners of the UFC apparently, and mm-hmm. they can throw up fucking stadiums in the middle of nowhere and fucking twenty four hours and yeah, you know then that could be an option if 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 the UFC are hell bent on putting on events and maybe even if they put on events without fans, these sheiks can just like bring whoever they you know at these at these uh, Abu Dhabi events it's not really a, a fan thing it's more of a um, you're an important person that's why you're there kind of thing so yeah I could, I could see the Abu Dhabi option being explored definitely yeah I, like the problem is traveling like you're are people going to be able to travel? How soon is all travel going mm. to be stopped? And then the private sh- jets, like, could you yeah. private jet them all there? That yeah, yeah, that's going to cost a lot of money. Like the the only way, I could, like, I was thinking of it today. I was talking to the lads, and it's like the only things going on at the moment are WWE and and UFC. But at least for WWE, like, if you got. 40 wrestlers and put them up in a hotel and kept them all there together for fucking six months you could keep doing shows week in week out it'd be fucking shit but you could do you can't do that with mma ufc fighters you can't roll the same lads out all the time you can't get fucking 600 people and keeping them in a hotel for six months in las vegas or something like it's they're going to have to travel they're going to have to come from some places okay you could do uh, like you could do a local fight card in Dublin where you have Team Rhino versus SPG and you have it with no people there and just cameras or whatever. You could do the same in Vegas or maybe in New York or somewhere. But the problem is the Nevada State Athletic Commission now are not putting on uh, shows. And I know they're having a meeting again in a few weeks, but the fact that they've pulled those shows then away from the UFC Apex now is not a good sign either. So where, like, everything has a problem with it. Like, the only way this is going to go is that there's going to be no fights. It's like... 
I think it's absolutely unavoidable. I can't see like I can't see another UFC fight for at least two months, to be honest. I just I can't see it. I, I don't see any logic behind it. I don't see any way it's going. It's going like their hand is going to be forced. And it's it's very unfortunate. It's shitty for us. It's shitty for everyone listening. But like that's the unfortunate reality of it. But like what can you <laughs> what can you do? What can you do when you were in the middle of a global pandemic? It's it's a very changing world for the next few months. So yeah, but sure. Look, what what can we do? I suppose. Right, look, we, there was fights last night. We might as well get into them. <laughs> we might as well chat about them. Might be the last fights we have for a while. Um, the the event itself, not you know, it was a, I thought it was a good event. Although there was lots of de- decisions early. The uh, the undercard with Bimaleki getting a, a good win against uh, Veronica Machado. Uh, David Tavares got a good one as well. Like Marina Moros, I thought she looked good. Uh, uh, Enrique Barzola and Rani Aya was uh, was a draw. That was a good fight too. Uh, Ezeki de Santos against uh, Alexi Konchinko. Amanda Rivas, I thought she looked really really good. And uh, Brandon Marino, maybe a little bit lucky to get it against Yusei Formiga. Very very close fight. I think if Formiga won it as well. It probably would have been uh, lucky. But you know, lots of decisions there. And I suppose for a thing on ESPN with lots of people watching it, it was. Um, it, maybe not the best start in the world you want for the UFC, but lots, lots of good fights uh, as well. Then on the main card, it opened up with Francisco Trinaldo versus John McDessie, which was similar enough thing again with uh, with a decision. And then we got to the top four cards. What did you think of uh, your boy Johnny Walker, his performance against Nikita Krylov? I like it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're throwing a lot of like high energy, big flashy moves, and you need to have a lot of energy, and I don't think he he has enough. Uh, cardio to be doing that even when he was slightly rocked he was trying to throw spinning back fists and things like that and if if they land they look spectacular and they look brilliant and maybe they they finish a fight but they're very low percentage uh moves especially when you're you're on the back foot tired and a bit rocked mm-hmm. so obviously uh Korolev had a good, good game plan took him down kind of ground ground the explosiveness out of him and um, Johnny Walker he kind of got into a couple of decent positions on the ground but was way too easily lost him uh, shrugged off mm-hmm. the back at one stage so yeah there's a, there's a long way to go in, in Johnny Walker's game yeah I, I, I totally agree it's, it's difficult to know what to do with Johnny Walker because if he loses that kind of explosivity and that madness what else is he like I don't think he's going to be a great technical no, no maybe he could become a great technical fighter he's with Firas Sahabi and all but Firas I think was giving him the right instructions between rounds he was telling him to go on the front foot go on attack don't get pushed against the cage i think that's what johnny walker needs to do but like uh, i'm not willing to write off johnny walker totally he could still become a very good fighter and use that to his advantage but it's hard to see johnny walker not just being a fun fighter who's going to be around for a long time and he'll win one and lose two maybe sort of fighter but you know he's at the right place to improve and you know i don't think krilov is a particularly great fighter either and i don't think he's actually a great grappler great in the ground but the fact that he as you mentioned took krilov down and just dominated him there i think that's a, also a very bad sign for krilov when you look at some of the other really good guys or even like cory anderson who not, who knocked him out he could easily take him down or you know that that's sort of level or a little bit lower down it's uh it's going to be a tough road for johnny walker but however he you know he kept going i thought he won the first round um because Krilov landed on top and he didn't really do much after Johnny Walker had landed a few uh, to begin with. But, you know, the third round was actually a bit similar. But then Johnny Walker didn't manage to get up and didn't land anything. So I think kind of by default, Krilov ended up winning it. But uh, not a not a fantastic fight. Then the the fight you mentioned at the start, in Adam Mike Anna versus Davir Hadzovic, um, where 
Uh, Mike Hanna basically came out, uh, got a body lock takedown, got a bit of space, jumped on his back when he tried to move around. Uh, you know, he he tried to get up. Uh, he tried to get up, and then when he, he jumped on his back and he got the the quick submission, uh, and then um, did his opponent uh, Hanzovich said, uh, "I wanted to fight more." Oh no, um, Mike Hanna said, "I wanted to fight more," and Hanzovich said, "Right, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have submitted me then if you wanted to fight more," which I thought was was absolutely hilarious. But look, Mike Hanna looked good here, didn't he? You know, f- uh, how, how it was kind of interesting the way he, he was like, "Oh, we do a rematch," and he was like, "Yeah, but I kind of wanted." Top seven guy, like yeah, you know, he's like, oh, I respect that. It was kind of interesting to to hear without the the fans or mm-hmm. yeah. the noise. Yeah, he got choked out in forty four seconds. <laughs> I doubt he's getting the rematch. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a weird one. But McCann calls out Paul Felder. Like I, I actually like that. Fight. I think it's a good fight. McCann was around featherweight for a long time. Obviously moving up to lightweight here around the the top. So like Paul Felder, I think people. I don't know. Paul Felder is like he is the, the fact he's kind of talked himself up as like one of the best fighters in the world, and he's saying I'm only taking big fights. People have start started to kind of believe a little bit now. I'm not saying Paul Felder isn't one. You know, he's probably top ten, top fifteen lightweight in the world. But it's, I, it's, it's handy when you have your your mates that you work with talking you up all the yeah. time as well. Like you know, and it's he's worked it well. Like in fairness to him, he's mm-hmm. he's taken like a lot of guys get a commentary gig and they're terrible and they go away quick. But Felder was good straight away and stuck around and he's put himself in. You know, he's put himself in a lot of big fighters mouths after just I suppose from visibility alone mm-hmm. yeah 100% yeah and like a lad like him probably wouldn't have had that for a long time even though you know he was kind of with Cerrone and things for a while and that brought him up a little bit but yeah 100% he's he's definitely worked it well And but I like I still think that Mike Anofi kind of makes sense you know two two good guys around a similar level I think it'd make a lot of sense but however it might it probably won't happen but anyway um, then in the co-made event we had Gilbert Burns versus Demian Maia First knockout for Damian Maya in over ten years since he was knocked out by uh, by Nate Marquardt at UFC one oh two or one oh six one one of them anyway. Um you know in ten uh, seconds as well, wasn't it? Was it, was it, was like it? A, I think so. I think he went went in and just got clipped with an overhand right, if I remember right, by Nate Marquardt and that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I can't remember. Maybe it, that'd be a good rewatch. Well if it's only seven seconds it wouldn't, but uh look Maya went in, he tried for the takedown, Bisping called it. Uh he went for the single leg, tried to get him down, but Got, got him down for a second, but couldn't really dominate. You know, wasn't Maya? He almost got the back at one stage, Maya. But it was, it wasn't as if like he's fighting someone who's absolutely useless. You know, Gilbert Burns is very good in the ground as well, so he couldn't. He wasn't able to uh, to uh, submit him, uh, and then got back to the feet. And then Gilbert Burns hit him with a big left hook, countering the jab of Demi and Maya. Which you know, for Maya, Maya, I think we've always talked about Maya being. You know, maybe an underrated boxer a little bit, uh, but when you're coming up against someone with such power and such speed, it's it's very very tough. And Burns just hit him, dropped him. Uh, the referee gave him a second, uh, and Burns went down on him, landed five six shots, and I think uh, I think he probably had to stop it at that stage. Like I think if you look at that, I don't know. I, I thought it was a little early. I thought the shots were kind of a lot of those shots weren't great. And Maya, like I've seen Maya come through that before, so maybe that's kind of. In my mind, but I I think there was a little bit more in my area. Like he just he just needs to against anybody, even somebody at the level of Gilbert Burns on the ground. He just needs to get a hold of a leg or something, and and he's still in the fight. I think that at that moment, I think I think he could have been given a 
bit more time there. Uh, like, I think if the knockdown hadn't come just before, I'd agree with you. But I think the fact the knockdown came and then he took five or six unanswered shots and he wasn't even getting trying to get up for the leg or wasn't even moving. Like, he was just kind of standing there. I think, he was, I think he was grabbing at the leg. And I think because Gilbert Burns reacted in the kind of way of nearly a, a walk-off knockout, it kind of made it, it seem like more of a... Uh, crushing impactful blow than it was I don't think it was like a walk off knockout blow like Gilbert Burns seemed to think it was yeah, yeah I, look, I thought it looked like that as well but I think the fact that Maya wasn't really defending those shots on the ground like if Maya had moved to his back or turtled up or been in on a leg by the time Burns got down on top of him like the fact he was kind of just he was given that two or three seconds with Burns looking for the walk off knockout then Burns got down on top of him and he was still able to land those shots on the ground I don't think that's intelligently defending herself to be honest you know I, look if he'd give it another few seconds I wouldn't have probably given it I don't think I would have called it a late stoppage or anything but yeah no, he was definitely uh, rocked but yeah. I, I, I do think he, he if he had been given a couple more seconds it might have he might have got a hold of something and managed to sweep a trip or you know the way he's he just always manages to like even even in these bad situations but uh obviously he's uh he's been dropped hard and the, the ref seen that and the reaction of gilbert burns probably had in the ref's mind oh this is nearly finished as well so it's a, it's an understandable it's not a terrible stoppage or anything but i, I would have liked to see what what would have happened if if he was given an extra few seconds that i think he could have been given yeah gilbert burns in called out colby covington afterwards in a fight that probably is not going to happen let's be honest here uh and damien maya he said he wants one more fight before he retires uh diego sanchez or call by Cerrone, i think he said so i'd like to see him fight diego sanchez but when and where that'll happen who knows but anyway um the main event then kevin lee obviously missed the weight on friday which is pretty understandable i suppose in the current climate what, what we're doing even to have people cutting weight i don't think is is a good idea to have their fucking bodies you know drained and you know people that are fucking healthy and probably would never get anything wrong with them because of this could fucking get it because uh, you know could get bad reactions to it because of the way they've cut weight but anyway and like, because cutting weight is serious like people yeah. if people haven't seen it up close it's it's very very serious thing like it's mm-hmm. it's bad <laughs> yeah it's it's very bad yeah so hold it's on, very man. draining on the body like you're mm-hmm. what yeah, yeah, it is. It's uh, like if, like I think if, as well. If they're if they are proceeding with fights, that they should make more catch weights, or you know, if the lads are struggling to make weight at the uh, the day before, they should just adjust it or something because. Like, it's, I think it's very serious, but I suppose that's a fucking discussion. I, I think myself and Phil even talked about it a little bit, but, you know. Um, the main event then, uh, obviously, Kevin Lee, uh, as we yeah, mentioned, Kevin Lee missed weight, came in against Charles Oliver. And to be honest, like, halfway through the first round, Kevin Lee looked like a guy who missed weight to me. Like, he, he just looked like a guy who was struggling a little bit. Uh, I know a lot of people gave him the first round, but I, I don't think I don't think he won the first round. Um, there was lots of, you know, Charles Oliveira was pressure and he was landing shots. Lee landed a couple himself, but um, Oliveira, when he, when he went into the scrambles, I think he was winning nearly all of the scrambles. Lee did get on top uh, a little bit, but I just think that, the, the bigger shots were landed yeah. by uh, and the threat of the leg lock from like was a okay in the second round it was more of a going through the motions but in the first round he was trying to work a leg lock trying to get a heel hook transitioning like uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Lee had to be kind of careful so I think yeah he was he, he was, was defending well yeah hundred percent yeah. Yeah. yeah and then the second the second round then um like Lee was w- winning most of the round but I thought Oliveira landed the more impactful shots early on. Uh, and even you know the rest of it that um, you know the rest of the round that 
Oliveira or that Lee was winning. I don't think he was winning it in such a way that it would, you know, make up for those big impactful shots that Oliveira was landing early. And I think all three judges had Oliveira two rounds upside. Like I think that was good judging. It was good judging throughout the night, to be honest. But you know, in the third round, then <coughs> obviously Kevin Lee came out, went for a he uh, he kicked into the body, which I didn't notice first, but I, I saw Grabaka Hitman put up a um, put up a, a gif of it that uh, Oliveira kicked Lee to the body, like kicked him in the. Uh, in the liver <clears throat> and he kind of i don't know to force him to go for a takedown because it was so immediately after or kind of just bent him over and he said oh fuck it i'll go for a takedown but as he did he left his head wide open and you can't do that against charles Oliveira. guillotined him kevin lee tapped i think he went to sleep slightly and then he tried to keep fighting uh it was a very weird one because he, he clearly tapped and he kept fighting what, what did you do you think like that he was just trying yeah. to take the piss or do you think he went to sleep no, i think he was it looked like he was about to slump over like go out and just mm-hmm. as Oliveira let go and he probably didn't remember the tap and just woke up in that moment and and because when the ref was like check the tape he, he tapped he he, he kind of was like oh I think he probably thought, oh, maybe I don't remember correctly. Yeah. It wasn't like over him where he was like, mm-hmm. you know, you seeing the tape and everything. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, no, no, somebody doctored that tape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I think people were very quick to jump on uh, Kevin Lee after this. You know, it's Masvidal, like Masvidal, God, has anyone ever had such like Jumped a rule? Yeah. Oh, my God. I've never seen it. Like, he, he's taken so many missteps and saying, like, it was. I thought it was pretty clear from someone who's never fucking been choked out that uh, that's what happened. You know, we've seen it loads of times before. He got choked out. He didn't know what he was doing. Or you see lads get knocked out as well. He's just disoriented and thought the fight was still going on. I thought it was pretty clear. And I see loads of people doing it, journalists and different things saying as well as like, all right, lay off him for a second. Like, the poor fuckers after getting choked out, he didn't know where he is. He, it's not like he went in and started punching him or anything. All he did was just hold on to his fucking hips or his, his waist. And he was... Uh, the referee did a good and job. He said, oh, he didn't tap, and the ref explained to him he did, and checked the tape, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the end of it. Like, yeah. Yeah. exactly, it wasn't a fucking Pal Harris job where he was breaking the fucking knee off him and just did the tap game, and he kept fucking him up or whatever. But yeah, it was. Uh, look, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was a relatively good fight, I think. I think it's uh, a solid, like five point one fight. What do you think, Graham? What was your What was your rating be for? Uh, be a little higher than that, I think. Uh, yeah. Five and a half, five point five. Rookie, mm-hmm. sure. Rookie score, rookie score. Ah, not, not that much of a rookie score, but yeah. Anyway, like it's uh, in front of the empty crowd as well. Like I think the the fact that uh, it was in front of uh, an empty crowd or uh, uh, behind closed doors, MMA fans are kind of used to that. I think, and I think the fact that you can turn off the lights as well and not see the the empty crowd is uh, makes it more watchable. Like watching Man United play last week in front of uh, an empty stadium, it you know it was very very weird. It was just so odd. The big vast uh, expanses of it but i think the, the ufc and other mma organizations can make it look like you know there there's it there's sure not no one for, there like they have to do that for most of the early prelims of early Vegas, prelims, anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. and uh i think they actually did it in velator as well the last day in dublin for a couple of the last fights but anyway that's a different discussion but we're, we're used to it because it's tough there aren't we like we we've seen hundreds of fights like that where there's like 15 people in attendance or whatever and just the the tough uh the tough competitors and the the, the coaches and stuff like so i think mma yeah. fans a lot of people was... started watching a lot of people started watching mma through tough as mm-hmm. well so that would have been their first experience of an um so yeah it's not as jarring as like a sixty thousand seater empty stadium in soccer or in other sports so yeah i think um I, I think, as you were saying earlier, there, the fact that there's like basically no sport on TV and stuff, it is an opportunity for the UFC and 
that's probably why Dana doesn't want to doesn't want to cancel, and he probably thinks, yeah, we can do this behind closed doors, no problem. It's a it's a TV product anyway. Like most of their money has been made through TV, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if they can keep it going. Where they're going to keep it going, or yeah, like. Are the fighters going to want to travel? Or they, like, if they put them on private jets, they'd probably be they'd probably be okay with it. But how much would that cost for per fighter and team and all that? Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, it's interesting though because people like ESPN will obviously be putting a lot of pressure uh, on the UFC to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's but at what stage does it become bad PR for them as well? I, I don't know. Like, we're going to get into the the UFC London guard here, even though it probably isn't happening. Like, I, I don't think there's any point going through every fight here because it looks like most of the fights are not going to happen because they're moving away from London. I don't think they're going to fight, you know, fly the likes of Mike Grundy and John Phillips and Tom Aspen and all them guys out to fucking Mississippi or Russia or Abu Dhabi or wherever the fuck it's, it's, it's going to happen if it does happen. Um, so like I don't think there's any point in that maybe let's just talk about the main event because it looks like they're going to try to get Leon Edwards somewhere to fight Tyron Woodley uh, and if the, any other fights happen or if we have a new card you know Dana White says they're trying to put it a new to get a new car getting Sean Shelby on the case and getting him to try to match fights so when and if they do that we'll pop on again and do another bit of a podcast and and uh, preview those fights but it just feels fucking weird to be even sitting here doing this like it is that but look the show must go on anyway for us but yeah. for these guys who are like training for upcoming fights yeah. as well you're thinking uh, is this gonna happen like yeah. it's, it's a weird situation to be in like it's even though you're trying to 100% concentrate on your, your opponent and all that it's it's pretty much impossible yeah 100% and the fact as well like when that happens people do are do you think this, this whole thing is, is Tony and Habib the curse of Tony and yeah. Habib it's the fault <laughs> <laughs> they never should have tried to make this cursed fight again. It's uh, Liverpool it's, and Tony and Aviv, I think. I mean, yeah, we'll, Man United fans will, will say anything. <laughs> this, this probably isn't even a virus. Man United fans probably conjured up this bullshit just to, yeah. to ruin everything. <laughs> it's ch- it's the biggest Man United fan base in the world is in China. That's where I get from. But we'll do, yeah, we'll, exactly. Yeah, uh, they'll, they'll do anything. They're, they're, they're scumbags. <laughs> Fucking Man United, Man United fans. fans are awful. Awful people. <laughs> well, I don't want to get into it because if we get into it, it'll be a half an hour. We will do a podcast on that during the week, hopefully and talk about the soccer and what we think should happen with the Premier League and all. But anyway, but um, yeah, let, look, let's talk about Tyron Woodley versus uh, Leon Edwards. <laughs> I don't know why, but anyway. Um, so watching some of Leon Edwards last night, like I watched his back his fight with Gunnar Nelson and that went to a, a split decision and that was only like two fights ago. And like, Leon Edwards is one of these guys that it's you look at him right you say you look at his brother fabian edwards and you you kind of you realize immediately why he's really good or you look at nadasanya and you can realize or john jones like are, are any lads coming through even like a fucking uh, you know volkanovsky coming through we knew how good he was or like lads in the welterweight division like covington coming through. it's i think it's tougher to realize why uh leon edwards is really good like i think I think he just does everything well, and he's really smart. You know, he's a good wrestler, good defensive wrestler. He's a good jab, good striking, very good defensively in the striking. And I don't think he, there's anything spectacular with Leon. And I think maybe in his career before the UFC or the early days of his but career... But do you think the spectacular thing is the way he changed it all together and his fight IQ yeah. kind of is the spectacular part of his game? Just A lot of guys have all the techniques but can't string it all together and make the 
the correct decisions in the in the correct moments. Hundred percent. And he he seems to be able to do that at an extremely high level. Yeah, that's probably the rarest thing we see in MMA. You know, we talk about it all the time: the comfort in the cage and the ability to bring what you've taken and learned in training and put it into the cage. That's probably the rarest thing in MMA. And we always wax lyrical when we see someone you know coming out and and do having a great performance. And like Leon Edwards does that almost every time he fights, but in a a less like let, let's say look McGregor comes out and he knocks out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds or whatever it was he comes out and he decimates Eddie Alvarez we can see immediately what he was doing in training you know we know exactly what you know the what he's really good at but for Leon Edwards like we see him winning it lots of decisions but you know okay even that Gunnar Nelson fight was close but I Rafael Dos as well and so like he just it's he just makes it so hard for you to hit him and he hits you a lot like he's he's very much a decision fighter you know he's very much a guy who will take you to the decision and beat you there and not give you opportunities to knock him out but the thing is coming into this fight with Tyron Woodley like that's kind of what Woodley has built himself on as well isn't it like he's gone from this spectacular wrestler and huge knockout artist to a guy who was out pointing us okay again in the wonder behind a couple of fights he knocked him down a couple of times a big spectacular fights but he a lot of his you know a lot of people called him boring over the last while when he especially when he was the champion and stuff the way he won fights but this like if this fight does happen it's i think it has the chance to be a very close fight and maybe not the most exciting fight in the world what, what way do you think it'll go there yeah um woodley's obviously getting on a bit i think he might be a bit chinny now uh compared to before Maybe that's um, a, a part of it, but I don't think Leon Edwards is kind of the man to with the big power to to rely on that. I think Leon Edwards will just do what he always does. He'll 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 mix it up really well. He'll make you answer like a lot of questions and make you give you opportunities to kind of give in uh, slightly. And 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 if you do, he'll take the position and he'll he'll grind you from there. And he'll he'll do more than enough for the ref not to stand it up, but he won't do anything reckless it gives you a chance to kind of get back up and he'll just wear you down wear you down um and i think i think that's what he's going to do to woodley if this fight or when this fight happens in the future yeah uh, yeah I, I don't know i find it hard to see how it'll go like Gunnar Nelson did take like, if you I, look at the Usman yeah. fight I, I kind of see like obviously Usman's a much much stronger pure wrestler than Leon Edwards but I can see it being similar to that really do you think Leon Edwards will be able to take him down as easy as Usman did I think as as it goes as uh, not as easily early as Usman did, but as the fight goes on, I think he'll he'll find the moments. Like you, you, we we could see that not happen. Sorry, we lost Graham there for a second. Graham, we're back. You were just talking about uh, Leon Edwards. Do you think he'd be able to to take Woodley down the further it goes? Yeah, well, I think yeah, I think like Usman was is obviously a stronger wrestler, but I think in in the in the right moments, uh, Woodley uh, will have to be very careful not to get taken down uh, as the rounds go on. And I think we, unless we see Woodley kind of fight on the back foot nearly against the cage as he did against Wonderboy, I think he's gonna. I think he's going to be putting a lot of pressure on, on, on the feet and maybe have to go for attempt takedowns of his own. But I, 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 just, I just see him being beaten everywhere here uh, by Edwards. I think Edwards is, is better everywhere at this stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He does have a big explosive power early, but uh, uh, besides that, I think... I think it's going to be a long night for Woodley. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I think if Woodley, like Woodley and that Usman fight looked like he was finished. To be honest, he looked like he just was beaten so easily that it. it and look, Woodley was just coming off a shoulder surgery not too long before that, and anyone who's a bad shoulder knows how fucking difficult it is to come back from that. So maybe that was an issue. Maybe he's back fully fit, but 
I think if it's not the same Woodley as he always was, I think Edward. I think you're right. I think Edwards will will beat him pretty easy. But I think if it's Woodley on form, I think he'd be able to take down Edwards. To be honest, uh, like Gunnar Nelson took him down a couple times. Okay, he didn't wasn't able to keep him down. But I think Woodley on top is very very good as well. But it's you know if Leon Edwards can win this fight and Tyron Woodley kind of looks good in the fight, I think that's a real sign of how good Leon Edwards is. Like I think Edwards is one of these guys as well. A little bit like uh, like Tyson Fury in the box. He kind of rises to the level of guys he fights, you know, and he fights at maybe their level and just does enough to beat them. Against Woodley, it's going to take, uh, especially Woodley if he's at his best, it's going to take a lot to beat him. So it, it's interesting to see if, if he can do that. But yeah, however, look, I'm look, <laughs> looking forward to it if, if it happens. And if it doesn't, sure, we'll be back on to talk about it. Anyway. Uh, there's another card as well happening next weekend, Cage Wars. And funny enough, Andy Stevenson just sent me on the court here from Graham Byland, just tweeted out. Obviously, by the time this is up, this could all have changed, but... Graham Byland tweeted, as of today, Cage Warriors 113 has no restrictions. Should the government step in with restrictions that are compulsory, then it will be a closed-door event. No government restrictions will mean Cage Warriors event is normal. The fighters and staff have been asked and all are attending. So, Cage Warriors going on as, as scheduled. At least with Cage Warriors, the people are all kind of low. Apart from maybe the Irish lads coming over, they're all relatively local and they can do it maybe more safely. They can drive to the venue and get in and get in there. They don't have to, to travel in airports and trains and buses and stuff as much. Uh, so, like, if, if you're doing MMA events, I think local MMA events are the way to do them, as I mentioned earlier on. If you can do all fighters from Vegas, all fighters from Dublin, all fighters from London or whatever it's the best way to do it but still I, I don't think this probably should be happening but it looks like it is and I'm surprised the insurance companies are yeah. letting it happen uh, yeah very, very surprised as well but what can like, they do because uh, Irish events were or the Irish event was called off the, the what's it called the uh, Cage Legacy event yeah Um, and it's the right decision you know it's it's obviously terrible for the promoter and terrible for the fighters and everybody and the coaches who put a lot of time into it but you know, uh, for Irish MMA, we don't need any more incidents uh, to be looking like we're we're taking risks and doing unsafe things. Yeah, hundred percent. Great, fair play to the Cage Legacy lads. I think, like they tried to keep it on as as much as they, they for as long as they could, but then the second the government changed their stance and it did, I was on to the lads and they said to me, uh, "Yeah, look, we're we're putting it back to later on in the year anyway." So it's it's not cancelled, but it's it's rescheduled. But like obviously that could could change again with with the way things move. But definitely hundred percent credit to them for for doing that but this this cage warriors car look it looks like it's going to go down so we, we we have to talk about it and there's some huge fights here for uh for irish guys um i think especially paddy pimblett versus decky dalton huge fight for decky dalton you know we saw decky fight peter queely back in the day i think he's three wins in a row now we saw him fighting a cage legacy yeah, what fight that was with, with queely as well mm-hmm. uh that was another cage legacy event uh brilliant like decky's always a scrapper and he's always like even taking this fight on a few days now to shows that he's always he's always up for it and mm-hmm. he's got a lot he's got a lot of fans behind him and he's kind of got a got a free hit here you know mm-hmm. uh He's 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 got um, obviously one of the biggest stars in in Cage Warriors, but a guy who isn't maybe you know uh, this holes in his game that he could that Decky Dalton could look at and think I can exploit them and with, with nothing being expected of him really, uh, Paddy Pimblett expecting to to win, then I think this could you know kind of have a little less pressure on it for Decky Dalton than maybe other fights, and that could work to his that could work to his advantage as well. So yeah, I think this is a risky fight to take for for Paddy Pimblett. Yeah, I like when you're someone like Paddy Pimblett, and you're taking a fight on ten days' notice, whatever it was, with all this going on. 
the probably the worst matchup you could get was someone who's like a tough nosed fucking brawler who will go forward, doesn't give a fuck. Like, and I think that's what what Techie does. And like, he's tech, technical and good as well. But I saw Paul Hughes tweeting out about he's the toughest man I've ever sparred with, never like that. And I think Joey McAlgan said the same. So like. Dicky Dolan's not going to be an easy out at all. I think even, you know, we mentioned Peter Quigley, he tweeted back to me, he said, that's a fucking great fight. So, like, it's, it's this is a this is a very good fight. Like, uh, you, you'd have to favor Paddy Pimble. Watching some of his fights back, uh, uh, you know, Paddy Pimble's only won once in the last three years. He's barely fought, you know, because of different things, injuries and all. He's fucking cursed as bad as, you know, his own Liverpool team and Ferguson versus Habib. But anyway, like, I think Paddy will end up getting it to the ground and maybe get a submission. But I think, like, if as you mentioned, if it stays on the feet, I think Paddy's... Like, Paddy went, and I think he went to this uh, uh, Muay Thai gym in Leeds, which I've heard it from a couple of places that it's one of the best around, like, one of the best in, in uh, the UK and Ireland or, or even further. And he, he was training there, so maybe that brought his striking forward a bit. And we haven't seen much of him, as I said, in the last while, so maybe his game is up to a different level. Uh, and if it has, you know, maybe it'll be a different fight. But going on what we've seen previously, as you mentioned there's definitely holes in that game to exploit and if Decky can keep it on the feet you know there's uh, there's definitely exploiting to be done there but as I said I'd probably expect uh, Petty to get it to the ground and, and get the, the submission uh, elsewhere in the card uh, Morgan Sharry is fighting for the interim featherweight title and uh, we'll get to the other Irish guy in a second but he's fighting uh, Darza Bankovic in uh, you know Morgan is a, a huge fan base we saw Paul Hughes there last week call him out as well so that's uh, a big fight for him the flyweight title is up as well uh, uh, Samir Fadin taking on Luke Shanks uh, for that. Uh, Perry Goodwin versus Steve Amiable on the undercard. That's a pretty good fight. Nathan Jones, David Bear, uh, Lewis Monarch is on the card as well. And Darren O'Gorman, obviously, from Ireland, uh, is also on the card. So, big fights for them. And in... Um, Lightweight title fight, the, the title once held by Conor McGregor and Joy Herbert as well, just get, uh, released there to, to fight this weekend on UFC London against Mark Chikese, which looks like is not going to happen, but anyway. Uh, Joe McCulgan against Mason Jones, both of these guys uh, lost their opponents, I believe, last week. There was a couple of Italian guys on this car, one was supposed to fight Paddy Pimblett, and obviously they couldn't travel because of the restrictions due to coronavirus, so they made Mason Jones versus Joe McCulgan. This is a a huge fight for John McCulgan, you know, if it happens, um, and he's, he, like, you, you've you known John for a long time, he's been around a good while, and another lad that fought and, and beat Peter Quigley, in fact, you know, so Joe's an experienced guy as well, and he's, he's well able for this step up to a title fight, isn't he? Yeah, well, like, you look at his record, and you you think maybe it's uh, it's a little early, but if if you look a bit deeper into his into his amateur record and the level of amateurs he was fighting, he, he does have a lot of experience, and obviously in his second ever pro fight, he's, he's in there beating Peter Quigley in, in Bama, so, yeah, obviously, um, he, he went down and lost a bit decision in his next fight against Arnold Quiro and has since lost lost to Joy Herbert but obviously we mentioned Joy Herbert's uh you know, one of the one of the best prospects in in Europe, and has gone on to the UFC. Hopefully, maybe whatever happens with this event, but uh, McCulgan goes out there and tries to finish people as well, which uh, which I think is uh, is something that that people like as well. So I think he's a, he's a likable fighter. He just needs to he needs to. Um, you know, he kind of needs to make it happen now mm-hmm. because he's he's not young. Like he's he's young in his career in MMA, but or in uh, his pro career, but he's he's getting on <laughs> yeah. in uh, in in terms of in terms of years and in terms of how long he's been training and fighting MMA at an amateur level as well. So it's a huge it's a huge time for Joe, and uh, it must be strange. Like I was talking earlier about not being able to fully kind of concentrate on it, not knowing it's going to go ahead. 
it, it must be a strange situation. But if Graham Boylan says it's, it's going ahead, that's the kind of the best the best thing the fighters can take on board and just go on go on thinking it's going to happen mm-hmm. um i don't know how that'll affect the fights but i, I like looking looking at the, the 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 record of um mason jones he's he, he's a finisher too so mm-hmm. his last obviously his last two fights have been a bit of a step up in terms of experience he's fought a guy with 16 fights and another guy with 18 fights mm-hmm. and they both went to decision on cage wires but you know besides that he was he was finishing guys for the the, the whole start of his career bar one so this this could be a real really good fight. Like Joe Joe McCoggan's not afraid of, of throwing down. Like and this guy doesn't seem to be afraid of throwing down. So expect this, expect this to be a finish either way. To be honest, uh, yeah, especially over five rounds as well, which I think it's it's going to be a cage warriors title fights or, or that. So yeah, I, I agree. Like watching some Mason Jones, he reminds me a little bit of uh, of Paul Redner with maybe a little bit more explosivity. You know, he's very kind of straight up boxing, hard nose, go forward, good technical fighter. Doesn't maybe take too many shots and. Whereas Joe McCulligan is more, you know, really good head movement, light on his feet, throwing kind of switch kicks and coming in kicking to the body and things. Um, I think, like, I think it'd be a really good fight. As you said, you know, both guys try to come forward. Both guys look for the knockout, look for the finish. Maybe to their detriment at times because the both of them seem to get a little bit tired as the later the fight goes on. Interesting as well to see how five rounds uh, changes that. Um, if it is five rounds, which I, I haven't even looked at, but more Cage Warriors title fights are five rounds, so I presume it is. Um... But yeah, I I think it's an interesting fight. Like, I think I think I might I know, yeah, I, you know it would be five rounds. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they've they don't think they've ever done yeah. not in a lot of years done three round total fights. Yeah, like looking, I know you talk about Joel McCulligan not having that much uh, that many fights and stuff, but I think he's even though he doesn't have that many fights, I think he's still really experienced. You know, he's been around for a long. I think he took a year off to go to New Zealand as well and things. I think and you know I. I I just think there's an extra bit of maturity on him compared to Mason Jones. Like, I think Mason Jones might have, you know, a higher ceiling than, than Joe McCulligan. But I think right now, I think Joe McCulligan might be a little bit uh, further along than him. I think he, in the first two rounds, it'd be, a, it'd be a huge fight. It might become a war of attrition. I think the fact that maybe Joe McCulligan has been in a couple of them, you know, against Peter Queeley and especially against maybe Ben Lactar last year. When it, yeah, it was last year, I think. Those will stand to you, you know, and Joe, I think Joe McCulligan has that little bit of extra experience uh, and maybe schooling that he's had will maybe stand him. But I, I, that takes nothing away from Mason Jones. I think he'll, he'll still be a really good fighter. But... Uh, however, yeah, that's that's it. And look, those are the the fights coming up next week. I was going to do we we're doing, going to do a few questions here, but I think altogether with everything changing so quickly, uh, I might leave them and do a Q and A tomorrow. I'll put it up for free on uh, on Patreon, so everyone will be listening to it there. So if you had a question or have any more questions, uh, lash them into us and put it in for free. But anyway, Graham, anything to say before we go? Um, yeah, we probably saved the the football talk for for a separate podcast, but uh, mm. it's 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 weird not having football or sports on TV, isn't it? Yeah, very very odd. Yeah, I suppose the the only things that are on TV are uh, the UFC and WWE. So I'm grand. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, you like both of them, so that's okay. Yeah. I actually, is the XFL not going? No, still? It's, it's gone. Yeah, the XFL is gone as well, I, and they've, they've finished the season. They're like, now we're not doing. We'll start up again next year. So. That's unfortunate for it. But like, the, the, I, I'd kind of stop watching 
WWE as well for like six months and was like, ah, oh, I get back into it now and start watching it again. Because at least that's something that kind of can go on a little bit more safe if everyone, they have their performance center and they're doing the events there from for the foreseeable future as far as I can see. So, and I think a lot of those people like live in Florida where it is as well. So at least they can get them in there, keep them somewhat safe. You know, it's like going to work for some people, even though there's lots of obviously touching and everything, but hopefully they can get them with tests and not put anyone with coronavirus in there to, to wrestle anyone else. But yeah, that's how whenever the the show must go on for some people, but for some people it must not. And hopefully the yeah, all for the you safety. it's grand. It's you it's from Man United fan, like just yeah, with do like pro wrestling and UFC. Yeah. You, you sorted. What are, we, what are we gonna do on the podcast every week? Though? That's what I want to know. Jesus, and you can just moan about the coronavirus and make yeah. jokes. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus. get people real pissed off about that. Yeah, God, I think that's probably what it's gonna be. But you know, we obviously there's probably gonna be more rewatches and stuff. Maybe they'll uh, be able to salvage some of these UFC cards, like. And I think as well, you have to maybe commend me, MMA media for the way they've spoken about this, because I think almost everyone has called for these events to, to be cancelled, and that's going to benefit almost no one. Like, it might benefit a few people who love talking about that sort of thing and stuff, but for us, if the events maybe are cancelled... These, these actual MMA journalists who actually do this for a living are so tired of being in the circus for the last <laughs> however many years, they just want to break so badly. Yeah. Six months of isolation will do us good. And support <laughs> United, so they're, they're bigger up this just to ruin everything yeah got him, it's man. terrible Man United fans they do yeah. anything they do anything that's pesky that's pesky devils those pesky Man United fans right <laughs> <laughs> let's leave it at that Graham it's, it's good to, it's good to see you back just blame Man United fans that's, <laughs> yeah that's we'll, ta- uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take them uh, we'll take them uh, for this one uh, poor old Liverpool it'll be another 30 years now it'll be another but anyway right thanks everyone as I said all the questions will be answered in the Q&A I'll put it out for free and probably Tuesday morning you wouldn't know what the way way it happens between now and then so if they cancel the, the World Club championships to make to, the World Club Cup to make space for other things or Liverpool be the world champions for even longer for even longer yeah I hope you are you deserve it <laughs> uh, yeah, we won't get into it I do feel a little bit sorry for the Liverpool longest working world champions of all time it could be <laughs> you know, this could be working out very well never mind uh... <laughs> yeah uh, alright everyone take care of yourselves fucking wash your hands stay, stay at home fucking watch Game of Thrones just don't go out don't be sneezing on people don't, don't be sneezing on people don't be coughing on people wash your fucking door handles uh, and uh, we'll see you all next time take care of yourselves